This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, my name is Joseph Breeden. I'm CEO of Prescient Models. I'll be speaking today about stress testing for pandemics, specifically with lessons from the Hong Kong SARS recession. Of course, we're all concerned these days about the COVID-19 coronavirus that's spreading around the world. And we know a lot about it, and yet not enough. The virus DNA has been sequenced. We know it's a coronavirus related to those that come from bats. Um, It's the seventh coronavirus uh, that's entered human population. Four of them are endemic uh, that are causes of common colds. Uh, SARS and MERS have been eradicated, as far as we know. So COVID-19, unfortunately, is not really controllable. Uh, It can spread more easily than the common flu. And uh, because of that, uh, it's uh, spreading exponentially around the world today. Given that exponential growth, it means that we have a very short amount of time with which to prepare ourselves to plan for the alternatives. We can't really know what's going to have happen, so we have to run stress test scenarios for what could happen. Part of that is uncertainty about policy. Uh, changes in policies make a dramatic impact both on how the virus spreads but also on the economic impacts. We do know that the virus is much more lethal for those who are elderly or otherwise um, with health health conditions. So um, the best approach, of course, is to keep them isolated. And uh, a lot of efforts are going on now uh, for social distancing and to prevent the spread of the virus. Given the exponential growth, the only real long-term way to stop the virus is to decrease its rate of spread. Um, If we can get the transmission rate below one, meaning that Uh, each person who gets it infects less than one, on average, additional person, then the virus will eventually die away. To get that requires a lot of policy procedures. And the other way to get um, the virus to dissipate is through community immunity, which is where you get a base of people who are immune by already having had it. And of course, that will take time as well. So given the virus that we're dealing with today, we want to look back at the Hong Kong SARS recession. And there have been a few recessions in Hong Kong in the last 25 years. The Asian economic crisis in 97, 98 was the largest. The global financial crisis of 2008 and nine also had a significant impact. There was a minor impact from the 2001 global recession and the Hong Kong SARS recession occurred in 2003. It's what economists called a V-shaped recession because it was very sudden, it was rather deep, and there was a dramatic rebound right afterward. So I'm giving this talk today because I was actually involved in modeling for a large bank in Hong Kong at that time, and in fact was able to do a retrospective analysis uh, of that. You can find that analysis in a book I published back in 2014, Reinventing Retail Lending Analytics. I'll give you the highlights of that today. Specifically, in analyzing the data from a bank on personal loans, uh, we were able to pull out the 
impact due to the economic environment. And with that measure, we compared it to the number of people who were sick with the SARS virus. And you would find a good correlation. It was easy to, to measure the magnitude and the timing of the, of the impact of the recession, given the number of people who were sick. But if you did that, you would have a one-time model because it's not actually being sick that caused default. It was the fear of becoming sick that caused uh, retail spending to fall, unemployment to rise, house prices to fall, those sorts of things. So using the same performance data from the bank, if we correlated it to unemployment, house prices, GDP, we found good correlations. And in fact, we built a stress test model that uh, predicted quite nicely both the SARS recession and the previous 2001 global recession. That model, though, is not necessary. Um, it's not one that you need for this crisis because if you already have a stress test model, what we learned from that experience is that you just need a recession that speaks to what's going on today. So you can keep your existing stress test model, but we need to think about how to create an appropriate recession scenario for COVID-19. So with any pandemic um, scenario, we have some things to think about. One is the speed of onset for the disease. Fear can come quite rapidly. And in fact, what we've seen already is that um, we have a model that uh, is part of our scenario AI.com offering. It's a deep learning neural net which we use to forecast the economy and generate scenarios about possible futures. That model said that at the end of last year, 2019, and the first quarter of 2020, we should have had a recession. That's what the model said when we ran it about a year ago. But then the Federal Reserve cut interest rates, mortgage origination boomed, a lot of other things changed. And so what would have been a recession turned into a mild dip. Um, without COVID-19, we were expecting about a 1.5% annualized GDP growth rate in the first quarter of 2020. Well, things have changed again. Um, March, we're already seeing such a dramatic fall off in consumer behavior and the impact from uh, supply lines from China and around the world. So that even though January and February were good growth months, March is probably a recessionary month. Uh, on a quarterly basis, Q2 and Q3 will probably be recessions. So there's a pretty dramatic onset uh, to this crisis, and it's constantly changing. In fact, just based on things like the European travel ban and a number of cancellations of NBA, NCAA finals, Disneyland, all these different things that are happening, uh, we expect further declines in the second and third quarters this year. But once the disease has run its course, I won't say is under control, because really all we can do is spread things out, slow the spread until it's no longer an issue. So once the fear of the disease has dissipated, people can go back to work, back to shopping, and supply chains are restored. We expect a pretty strong rebound because interest rate cuts by the Fed in 2020 they won't affect spread of disease and they won't curtail consumer fear. But as soon as the fear is gone, consumers will have a strong motivation to go back and spend. The same is true for a lot of policies that are being put in place by the government. 
So although we don't expect these things to really end the recession, once the fear ends and the recession ends, we expect a pretty strong rebound uh, toward the end of this year or the beginning of 2021. Now, that rebound won't be as dramatic as you saw in Hong Kong. It's not going to be a rebound uh, as high as the recession was low the previous quarter because we still have to reestablish those supply chains, get the factories running again, get, uh, and of course, we're primarily a service economy, get all the services restored and people going back uh, to their previous behavior. So it'll be stretched out a bit, but it should still be a healthy recovery. And of course, we know unemployment will take a hit. It's not immediate. Businesses are trying not to lay off everyone right away, but it's inevitable that uh, weaker firms will close and hours will be cut. And so uh, we expect some fall off there. Now, when you put all this together, our baseline scenario for the uh, COVID-19 recession looks a lot like the 2001 recession. Not as dramatic as 2008 and 9, unless the, the one underlying weakness that we have in our economy is commercial lending. If you look at the volume of CNI loans, they are 50% higher now than they were at their peak before the last recession. And they're higher than mortgage uh, loans on the books for banks. And then add in CRE loans. And so with COVID-19, there's a real risk that the CRE loans and the CNI loans to businesses um, could start to default because of um, strip malls and lack of consumer spending and all the rest uh, being uh, disrupted. So where we have a, a base scenario, which would just be uh, uh, related to the disease only, a severe scenario might also consider follow-on effects because of uh, what might be uh, in the commercial lending por portfolios. So that's where we are. We don't know the future. It's all about running scenarios. And uh, that's where you want to try and uh, see what the alternatives are and definitely be optimizing your policies and programs, things like hardship programs in collections and so forth. Good luck. Take care. Thank you for listening to our podcasts. Whether you're a regular listener or a first-time listener, if you enjoy our podcasts, please provide a favorable rating on iTunes. Thank you.